0: Sideload, the technology podcast from edelman london i'm victoria boyce and today we're talking about artificial intelligence regardless of your opinion on ai it's already revolutionizing the way we live and work this month edelman officially launched its first survey on the technology it explores issues around ai that are facing the global community from positives like improved healthcare to concerns about equality and regulation we're so excited to be joined today by sanjay Nair, all the way from san francisco Sanjay is the global chair of Edelman's technology sector. He's been at the company for nearly 15 years across Singapore, China, and the US. So, welcome to Sideload, Sanjay. Thank you for joining us. Hi there. So, first, can you give us a bit of background on how the study came about and who the respondents were?
1: Well, AI as a technology is obviously going to be transformational. I mean, there's no debate about that. It's not just, you know, uh, restricted to what happens to the technology industry. It's literally every sector you can imagine. And even more, you know, how we live our lives and, and how society exists. So you hear about AI from literally everywhere. Media talks about it all the time. Almost every second keynote is about artificial intelligence. You have policy makers talking about, you know, how do they regulate. So it's obviously a hot topic of debate. And what we at Edelman wanted to do was to go a little deeper and look at how AI is being perceived um, with a contrasting view between the general public and the tech executives who are working close to the technology itself. So the Edelman Intelligence, um, in partnership with World Economic Forum, surveyed about a thousand people in the US in general public category and we looked at about 300 tech executives um, typically in the C-suite who are very close to developing AI in the future and we tried to study you know how their perceptions and their fears and aspirations are similar or different so it was quite interesting to see um, you know uh, what we found in terms of um, how they look at AI the potential as well as some of the concerns they have.
0: Cool so when you think about the findings of the survey is there anything that stands out as being kind of particularly interesting or surprising and why is that?
1: well when you talk about ai the first thing that everybody thinks about is what's going to happen to my job right and that's like an obvious concern and 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 that was also something that came out in in our study itself there's also this issue of you know income inequality is it going to be widening the gap or is it going to be narrowing the gap but but a few things were really interesting right and the first one was one of the biggest concerns that people have is uh social dislocation they feel um, with, I mean, you already know this with mobile phones. I mean, people are concerned that in schools and colleges, you know, students are not talking to each other. Even when you're having dinner at home, people are not talking to each other because everybody's glued to their mobile phones. But when these gadgets are juiced with the power of AI, the fear of that dislocation getting widening is quite intense. Um, there was a recent example that I read which, which really intrigued me was this guy in Japan who actually married legally married a hologram because he just felt the hologram actually uh, understood him better than any other human being now you may think it's a one-off crazy example but that's because ai has really not infiltrated our lives in a big way right now but five years down who knows so so that was one the fear of social dislocation second was uh the concerns that people have around deep fakes so deep fakes is very simply put it's altering of video and voice to kind of create content that is not real um, in other words you can say it's fake news on steroids right <laughs> so you already know what fake news has done mm-hmm. with the elections in the US in 2016 um, so you can imagine the potential as deep fake as a technology matures so people have real concerns about you know will it affect our shared sense of reality let alone the impact that it could have on democracy, or the, you know, the impact that it could have on countries waging wars against each other, mm-hmm. or even as individuals, you know, our f- your face could be edited and put on the face of somebody who's actually committing a criminal you know, activity, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, I wasn't even there, how did that happen, mm-hmm. right? And it's already happening, like for instance in the US, um, there was a recent case of a CNN correspondent whose credentials were withdrawn Um, You know, because he appeared to have been aggressive with a White House intern. Mm -hmm. It was only later on found that that whole video was a fake video, it was altered, it was not even real. So currently the technology is still new, but people are working on it, and trust me, in 18 months this will become very real. So that presents a huge challenge for not just the tech industry which has to develop you know technologies to detect it but also for platforms like facebook and search engines like google on how to kind of catch mm-hmm. this in time but also for policymakers, like how do we come up with laws that criminalize creation distribution of deep fake content so that's going to be an interesting space to watch out uh the third one was also quite fascinating because there's a lot of debate about super intelligence mm-hmm. right so ai is going to lead to general ai which is also called singularity and if you speak to any expert they usually talk that this is at least 25 to 30 years away right but our research showed especially with the tech community that they feel majority of them almost 75% of them think that singularity will be achieved in the next 5 to 10 years now that's fascinating right because we are not even prepared for the first wave of ai just imagine singularity coming through within the decade So I think these are some of the the most interesting things that, you know, creates, you know, a a reason to pause, Mm -hmm. but also potentially gives a call to action so that we can work around these issues.
0: Mm -hmm. So what is the general feeling towards artificial intelligence? So are people excited and did you see any major differences between the consumers and the executives when it comes to that kind of optimism around AI and what it might bring?
1: So the common thread between the general public and the tech community is there is a lot of curiosity. Mm-hmm. People are curious about what the potential of AI is because they do feel AI is gonna transform literally every sector, it's gonna transform society, so they are curious about you know, what it brings. Um, and most of the people are generally optimistic mm-hmm. over a long-term period, but there are serious concerns about what it means For me, as a person, Mm -hmm. and when I talk about me, it literally translates into what will happen to me in terms of my job. Like, will I have a job in five years, and so on and so forth. The tech industry, the enthusiasts are a little less concerned
2: Mm -hmm. than
1: the general public, as you would imagine, Mm -hmm. right? But it is a serious concern, Um, and I think this this concern is. I mean, if you look at how we have behaved with technology, like a couple of decades ago, we thought. Remembering everything was a complex charge, you know, like memory is so limited, so we outsourced the the memory part to computers, and then the next wave came, and then we thought processing so much information was complicated So we started using computers and phones to process information Now we are at a point where we're looking at outsourcing decision-making to machines, Mm -hmm. so then there's this question that comes to mind as to What's the purpose of humanity? Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. why do we exist? Mm -hmm. If literally everything is going to be done by a machine, then what's our, you know, raison d'etre? I mean, why why, why do we exist? And I think these are the kind of concerns that are bubbling up across the spectrum of both the general public and the tech community.
0: Still to come, the double-edged sword of AI. Despite enthusiasm about the potential of this technology, what will it mean for economic equality? How will it impact human intelligence and relationships? But first, let's listen to a clip from the last episode of Sideload, where we discuss the big talking points from this year's Mobile World Congress.
2: 5G stuff has been talked about for a long time, and and this year, last year, everyone talked about it, and no one really did anything about it. It was all kind of the promise of 5G, and this year, I think, is one of the times when lots of that stuff's come to reality, or at least it's so close to reality that, you know, by next year, it's gonna be in the mainstream, so, um, lots of those demos were really fascinating to see and I think the, the the way that that's gonna drive new industries is really interesting and some of the demos that we've we kind of got a glimpses of and um, some of the stands showing things like um, uh, personalised drone carriers that will be enabled by a faster network with less latency to get them to where they're going faster and personalised drone delivery you know things like that which are possible only really with 5g um, they're now being much more a reality and they're not kind of being scoffed at as kind of pipe dream stuff it's actually things that could happen tomorrow
0: hello and welcome to sideload the technology podcast from Edelman London I'm Victoria Boyce, and today we're talking about artificial intelligence. So one of the findings was that only 23% of people think AI will be good for the poor, while 67% say it will benefit the richest in society. So I'm interested in if you think AI is going to actually widen that wealth gap.
1: Well, if you look at you know what's happening with the state of trust, I'm just taking a step back, I mean, we, Edelman just released his 13th annual trust parameter study. And it's quite clear that there is a big delta between you know how the outlook of people who are elites versus the general public um with the general public being less optimistic about life um and even the elites having concerns but the delta is definitely there with ai um it's it's quite obvious that those concerns are getting exaggerated right so um there is fear of job loss. There is a fear that power will get further concentrated you know with a few companies or a few countries that really advance right so automation there are different predictions so I'm not gonna bet on one prediction some say that 48 percent of the jobs will be removed in the next five years. Others are saying, no, as many jobs are being displaced, more are being created. Um, But if if, if I were to take a step back, I think we are still in the first wave of artificial intelligence, where, you know, for every job that is being displaced, there are jobs being created. Mm -hmm. The concerns really would be in the second wave, which is potentially in the five to 10-year spectrum, where that's not going to happen. Right, and and that's where the widening of the income gaps becomes a real issue, right. because you are literally looking at um, you know people being displaced but not being able to reskill fast enough mm-hmm. to be ready for the jobs that that are available, right? And and in a situa- in a society where these gaps are already becoming a serious concern and questioning you know whether democracy is the right thing and rise of populism, um, it's a fair chance that these. Divides will, you know, get further deepened, unless we make the right choices. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the 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 aspect about predicting the future is that it assumes the state of inaction today will continue. Right. But that's not always true, mm-hmm. right? So, if people are aware and understand these issues and and take the right steps to make sure that you know the benefits of AI are not limited to a few, mm-hmm. but are spread across the majority, then these predictions will look totally different. Mm -hmm. but that's where we are right now
0: I think that kind of segues nicely into the next question which obviously at Edelman we work with huge technology brands and um, I wondered what role you think big tech has to play in kind of ensuring that AI is used responsibly and those benefits are kind of spread Um, and I wonder if you think technology companies are thinking enough about those long-term consequences of AI
1: Um, I think there are a lot of companies that are
0: thinking in these lines
1: um, but I think they should be thinking about these issues with a bit more urgency and actions should follow the, the thought process that they have. So you do have companies like Microsoft and Google and coming out with, you know, what they are, you know, putting guidelines out there, making sure people are aware the technology they're working on. But generally when you look at companies, they try and present just the optimistic point of view mm-hmm. of like, you know, how this is going to create more efficiency in a particular industry, how it's going to enhance person's job and so on and so forth. But they don't really talk about, you know, the negative consequences of the same technology. Mm-hmm. So so our advice to our, you know, the, the clients that we work with are is always to go with a balanced point of view, mm-hmm. right? Because it's good to talk about the benefits because they are quite obvious. I mean, especially if you look at Healthcare, um, AI can revolutionise the healthcare industry. I mean, it can find cures to to diseases that are just not possible for human beings to, you know, kind of crack in the next three to five years. When you look at agriculture, and with the you know climate change happening, with an increasing population, limited resources, there is need to have better efficiency in terms of how we grow crops or fruits and vegetables and how we use that. So the potential is there. Mm-hmm. But then there is also this thing of automation that is going to create havoc with many an industries. Mm-hmm. So when when companies are you know introducing these technologies and implementing these technologies, they also need to think about how do we prepare mm-hmm. society to embrace it in a way that the benefits are not limited to a few. Right, so, for instance, um, I can talk about my own daughter, <laughs> you know. She's coming out of school and wants to get into college and she asks me the question, what should I study? I'm actually unable to give her a clear answer because I'm not sure what jobs will exist in five years' time. And whatever is the curriculum today, whether well, it will prepare her to be ready for those jobs tomorrow. So, companies have a responsibility, in education in particular, to partnership you know, whether it's the government or the academia, to change the curriculum that people are studying so that it gives them a fair chance. Nobody's asking companies not to make money, right? You should. And and there is no question that you know innovation will always move forward. The idea is to give a balanced opportunity. The idea is to prepare the people so they can, you know, be part of this bandwagon of of prosperity. Specifically with AI, when it comes to coding, I think there are certain expectations of companies you know, A, they need to be a bit more transparent about their coding principles and guidelines, what they will do, what they won't do, and how that technology is being used. When it comes to privacy, they need to be very clear about what forms of data they're collecting and how they're using it. Um, When it comes to um, uh, laws, you know, it's, it's, it's it's both an obligation and an opportunity for the tech industry to work with the government to shape policies that, you know, protect and minimize the harm mm-hmm. and maximize the opportunity. So there is there's a lot of opportunity for companies and this is something that you know needs to flow from the top. The mm-hmm. CEO himself needs to take the leadership and embrace, you know, the responsibility that comes along with you know it's like the the Spider-Man quote with mm-hmm. great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly where the companies are right now.
0: So With that in mind, the kind of ethics of AI is another topic of ongoing debate both in Europe and around the world. Uh, Can you tell us a bit more about what the survey revealed about AI and regulation?
1: Well, it was quite interesting to see that more than 75% of the respondents across both general public and the tech industry want greater regulation Mm -hmm. on AI. So there's clearly a concern that... If you know it goes unchecked, um, it could cause more harm than, than good. You know, because innovation, if you think about it, it's always motivated by two prime factors. One is curiosity. So the scientific mind wants to kind of innovate and develop new forms to crack the biggest problems. But equally is greed, right? Mm-hmm. People want to invent and innovate because it will help them make more money or constitute more power but the policy framework is the one in the middle that gives a balance to this and i think both the tech industry enthusiasts as well as general public feel there's greater need for regulation so if if you look at world over um, i think europe is perhaps one of the best places where europe is actually taking the lead in policy regulation so whether it comes uh, you know when you talk about data you know gdpr is a good framework for reference now pretty much everywhere in the world countries are looking at not necessarily following exactly but inspired by GDPR they're coming up with their own policy on data you know protection similarly on AI I mean the EU has formed a council which includes the government but also includes the business and technology and academia to come together with a set of guidelines and they have published these guidelines out for public to feedback so it's one of the best ways to come up with you know a framework that is not just being created by one or two people sitting in a room, mm-hmm. but in consultation with different stakeholders and in full transparency with the public whose life is going to be affected to shape something that is meaningful. So I think the other countries can actually learn from that example and, and, and look at regulation proactively,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not after the fact, but proactively. Sure.
0: So. What advice would you give to businesses when it comes to that piece of kind of earning AI trust so what do you think those businesses need to do in order to kind of be trusted in this kind of AI era
1: I think first and foremost is to you know um, to understand the implications of AI and the impact that it can have not just on business and productivity and efficiency but society at large mm-hmm. because this is going to be a transformational technology right there's no denying the fact. Second is to be a bit more transparent about what they're doing and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, not just with their employees, but with other stakeholders, whether it's customers or NGOs or academia or the government. It's very important because everybody needs to be on the same page as to, you know, what's happening. I think third is to, um, you know, kind of not just look at the lowest hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you look at um, where AI has had the maximum impact today is in the space of e-commerce, right? Because whether it's Alibaba in China or whether it's Amazon in the US, these companies already had a lot of data. Mm -hmm. And with big data analytics and high performance computing, it was easy to apply AI to look at better targeting of consumers. So much so that now you know, Alibaba has massive warehouses which are totally unmanned. They're run by robots. Mm -hmm. They've launched a huge retail store in China Again, totally unmanned, right? And Amazon is planning to do the same thing. JD.com is using drones to deliver, you know, whatever you buy online to tier two and tier three cities today. This is not future, that's happening today. Mm-hmm. So that was easy to do because it was the lowest hanging fruit. But But there are bigger challenges and complex issues where people are hopeful AI can play a role. And I talked about this before, healthcare is one of those areas. So it's not gonna be easy because Again, data rules are different in the U.S., are different in the, you know, Europe, and different in Asia. Mm-hmm. But that's what the companies need to take on and say, okay, the biggest impact on society that AI can have is in healthcare. So how can we come together as businesses, as governments, to address that issue? Agriculture is the other one. Climate change is, is another one. Now, these issues may not present the biggest ROI in the short term, But those are the kind of issues that if undertaken in the right way and in collaboration with multiple stakeholders can have the best possible impact on society at large.
0: So finally, and this is not an easy question, but possibly one that you get often, where do you see AI in the next kind of five to 10 years? If you can synthesize what you feel and think about that question.
1: I think AI is going to transform our lives without a doubt, right? The question is, is it going to transform our lives for the better or for the worse? And unlike other extremely smart people who make predictions, I try not to make predictions because even though there, if we have an idea of what might be happening in 5 years or 10 years, ultimately it's shaped by the choices we make today and in the coming years. So if, if together, you know, as businesses, as NGOs, as media, as government, and also as individuals, if we come together to make the right choices, sky is the limit on the potential positive impact we can have through AI. However, if we don't, the dangers of AI are also quite obvious. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to take collective responsibility uh, in a multi-stakeholder environment and, and do our part in making sure that we do the right thing for expecting the right outcome. The future is definitely going to be bright, in my view, because I'm an eternal optimist. <laughs> I think people, once they know what needs to happen, once they are aware of the issues and concerns, they usually come together and act. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, Edelman uh, AI Center of Excellence in partnership with World Economic Forum did this study, <laughs> so that we can inform the stakeholders on what's at stake, so that we can make the right decision.
0: Perfect. Sandra, that's about all we have time for, so thank you again for joining us on the show, and thank you for listening to Sideload. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and if you want to get in touch, send an email to sideload at edelman.com. Have a good one.